It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of blindandroidusers.com. Kick back and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello, and welcome to episode 36 of the Blind Android Users podcast. Today, we're recording on August 14th, 2021. I'm Warren Carr with my co-hosts, Miriam Mosen, Austin Pinto, Doug Cam, and our guest of the week, Miss Williford. In the Android Basics segment, we are talking about navigational apps. In other words, we're talking about going out there and walking around now that we are in lockdown in places and all of that, you can still walk. And so today we're looking at GPS apps. In the spotlight segment, our friend Marco from the Sunu Band will be talking about will be talking to us about the Sunu Band. In the app of the week, I will be talking about Audible Vision. This is something that we had a couple of weeks or so ago with our friend from India. As we continue in our highlights from Talkback, I'll be talking about Talkback. And finally, in our segment, the My Android Journey Story, we have Miss Wanda Williford to talk about her Android Journey Story. We will now begin with our announcements. And as always, our friend Austin is here to talk about that. But before we do, guys, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Miriam? Uh, things are good here. Um, it's started getting um, better when it comes to weather. Um, we're in like 30s right now when it comes to temperature. So it's cool. Time to go on vacation. And there you go, girl. Hey, dog, what's up there in Canada, bro? Um, right now, the temperature's up. It's hot as fuck. <laughs> um, um, got our toilet fixed yesterday, so that's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You had such a day yesterday. Oh, yeah. It, it was literally, there was a no shit protocol going on in this house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm glad you have that thing fixed because, you know, it's important we have those things working, right? You can go out there and do a papa squatter somewhere. Well, for some reason, they really tend to frown on that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Miss Williford, what's going on in New Jersey? My friend calls it New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I am currently trying to landscape um, my backyard, um, do a lot of weeding, lots of weeds and things of that nature. So the temperature yesterday reached 99. So it was very warm, very humid. So it feels like, you know, you're walking in soup. So that's what I've been dealing with for like the last week. But overall, things are good. I can't complain. Good. You know, that's what I really hate about the East Coast and the Midwest. It gets so humid. Uh, I mean, we could get up to 95 here. We were 95 degrees out there. But, you know, believe it or not, I was cutting mowing my grass yesterday because the humidity was like 11%. Uh, Austin, what's up in India, Mumbai to be specific? Yeah, Mumbai, India is getting ready to celebrate its Independence Day. We are just some hours away from 
celebrating our 75th independence day so to all our pakistani listeners it is happy independence day already because we are recording on 14th and for all the indian listeners it will be happy independence day when we publish the show on the 15th so well, it's a very important question for you austin what if you live yeah. in the state or province right on the border of india and pakistan <laughs> <laughs> then it's independence day on eighth <laughs> they get two days of independence day no only one day <laughs> oh shit because you guys have enclaves in pakistan and pakistan have has enclaves in india now so is cornwall wallace going to show up for the party no you know, he's the, not the british guy <laughs> No no he's not going to show up. No. And lucky and good if he does not show up. <laughs> All right, our British friends were just poking fun at you guys, but I thought that Cornwall or the ghost of Cornwall would show up just for fun. <laughs> All right, Austin, let's have some announcements. So this uh, this week in the announcement section nothing much happened for our show only we have crossed the 16000 mark in views and subscribers also are increasing and a lot of uh, new features are coming on our website where we'll have things like users can post app reviews and guides but it will be it'll take some time to launch so it is still a work in progress so our website is although launched still it's being worked on under the hood so that is one announcement to you who are the historians and want to know about android how it was built and everything there is a book called androids a n d r o i d s it is by chet has we'll have the link to it in the show notes and it will be released on 15th august so go ahead and pre-order that book or order it once it's released and then you can read it how android was built but also this week has been a lot a lot of things in the android news we have got the unpack event from samsung we have got android 12 beta 4 and what do you think about the samsung unpack event The Samsung Unpacked event was a very eventful event. Uh, we have the watches and we have the phones and all of that. And of course, yours truly jumped on that bandwagon and pre-ordered the Galaxy Watch 4. I didn't get the classic, but I got the 4 just for giggles to see what it is like. And uh, if I don't like it, it goes back to mama. However, I think Samsung is doing a good thing and I'm looking forward to seeing how those phones would perform i'm not sure that i want to get one but who knows based on uh, what i've been seeing i'm really liking what i'm seeing and hearing with the um z fold so the one that turns out into tablets there's a lot of good reviews coming out about those personally i if i'm going to go buy a new phone anytime soon i want to get my hands on the flip that thing looks amazing <laughs> Yeah. So see, I, you know, I I've I've just never been part of the flip phones, but you know, this one sounds good, but I don't know. I have to kind of talk myself into that. Girls, do you want do you guys like anything about the flip phones and 
is that easier to carry in a purse or something like that? <laughs> I've never seen one before. But um, my problem with, especially the Z Fold, I've seen the announcement in the event and stuff. It's just pretty expensive. Like $1,800 is a lot for a phone. I don't think that I'll be just like spending the too much money just to get the foldable. Although I really want to get it. Like it sounds tempting. Um, I mean, the flip starts at 900 uh 950 american so you know that's yeah. it, it's technically a foldable <laughs> yeah that that's a lot of buckaroos you know flying out the window like some oh hamster God. wheel you know one day you want a flip phone what's going on you are from what? the fort you're from the ford family you know williford maybe you have a <laughs> bunch of moolah lying somewhere <laughs> buy one for our review for the podcast well, well what i remember about the flip phone and what i like about flip phones and i don't know if the same functionality will exist with the new flip phone but i like the fact that when when it's closed you know that call is done so i miss that about uh, flip phones the fact that it, when it's open and you're speaking to someone and you want to close the call, you close the phone and it's done. There have been many a time when I thought that that I ended the call and the person has heard me finishing a conversation. Thankfully, I wasn't saying anything, you know, bad about them. But, you know, I, I do like I, I, I'm interested in, you know, the hybrid between touch and flip. I like the idea of it. I mean, yeah. I mean that's with a slate style phone, you don't have the dramatic hang up effect as you do with the foldable. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I miss that. I miss it. But you know what? What I like about the flip phone back then is if you, you're kind of like pissed off at someone during the call and you just slam the yeah. flip. <laughs> exactly. The drama. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I can't believe that. Something like sometimes you don't end the call, and if you're talking to someone annoying, you just if you said something and you you didn't end the call, it's just so embarrassing. <laughs> it's just so it is. It is. In this event, Samsung was trolling Apple a lot because what they said is our ecosystem is very open. Now, unlike some of the closed ecosystems, like two three times they were trolling Apple. So one more nice thing that happened in this event. Slowly and quietly, WhatsApp launched a new phone. So supposing if you are migrating from iOS to Android, or if you are migrating from Android to iOS, which I hope you are not, you cannot uh, move your WhatsApp chats from one platform to another. But now in this event, slowly WhatsApp came. I mean, WhatsApp didn't come, but they launched this feature in the event. And now it's still in work in progress but it's launched so that's about the samsung event wonderful so this week also android 12 beta 4 was released and this beta is a very important milestone in the development of android 12 it has hit the platform milestone so no new features will be added after this but google is going to polish this uh, betas as they come i think we are going to have another one another two before the final release. One of the new feature in this beta is that the version of TalkBack changed to version 12 straight away. So there's no TalkBack 9.1 or 9.2, it's straight away gone to 12. But there are some bugs in this beta. 
if you are dictating a voice message using gboard it will say speak now listening and the dictation of of the text that it says speak now listening will be picked up by the dictation and will be entered there so if you are speaking your message it won't say anything but the minute you be silent it will start speak now listening also another bug that i have found is that talkback likes to now attach the term image to everything it will say something like navigation bar image button back image button home so everything is an image if you want to temporarily disable this you can go into settings verbosity and turn off speak element type but another problem with that is it won't tell you if it's a button or if it's a link or if it's an edit box so that is a major problem but it will also not tell you whether it's an image every time you navigate to a button so what what is your thoughts about android 12 That's right Android 12 so we had the beta 4 dropped in on us and you know in reality it's all about polishing things and all of that no new things were introduced or anything of the sort however for those of us in blind world we got a couple of things that i think are that are of importance and one has to do with the focus in other words some the highlighter that focus when you're focused on something you could change uh what color you want it used to be that good old green stuff that goes around like you know rectangular thing around whatever that is in focus you have that green thing now you could choose what color you want and the thickness and all of that and then also there's something called windows in other words you can add that to your the global menu so you can um go through the granularities and once you set it on the windows you should be able to hear what's going on so let me quickly demonstrate what all that is about so i'm going to start with the uh windows spoken language speech rate windows so now i'm on that windows so the whole idea is that So I'm on my home screen but if I swipe down or up with one Western finger system UI with the signal full you see it's now places me in my um like my notification area you know where the time and all of that so I can pick musical you know system UI with the signal full so I can swipe left or right phone three bars battery 86% Oh, I got something arriving. Amazon shopping notification arriving today. Ah. Messages notification. Something good coming to my home. So that's what the Windows thing is. So the whole idea is to give you easy access of jumping straight to your notification area um so you don't have to move your finger up there try to find what's in there once you are in there you can just swipe left or right through the different items in there now with respect to the other one that i was talking about 
um, that one is found in the, it's called the customized focus indicator. And when you tab here, customized focus indicator, navigate up image out of list, customized focus indicator. Okay. Color, heading, and list. So the whole idea is you want to choose what color it is that goes around what is highlighted. Like if you're on your home screen and you're moving your finger around and something gets highlighted. And I find this to be something that is going to be very useful to people that have usable vision. It easily makes it, uh, it makes it easier to see what you're looking for once it's highlighted. Radio button selected default. For everyone who's had um, Samsung devices in the past and made use of the Samsung voice assistant, this won't be anything new for them because it comes actually directly from the voice assistant. So I think this is one of the many features for TalkBack that is being part of the partnership between Samsung and Google. And it's a really good thing because, like I said, you know, it's very useful to people who still have usable vision. And what I like about it, though, is that you can actually even choose how thick it is um, that you want the highlighter to be. Thick borders, switch on. So see, I got the thick borders on, or you could, you could turn them off. And the colors... Radio button not selected, red. You've got red. Radio button not selected, orange. Radio button not selected, yellow. Radio button not selected, green. Radio button not selected, blue. Radio button not selected, gray. And or the first one would be your default. Radio button not selected, red. Radio button selected, default. And that default would be that, you know, it's going to be something that just goes with whatever wallpaper that you have on your phone. So it's up to you. And I think this is a very good uh, feature uh, for people who have so, some vision. So I like that. So thanks to Samsung, this is one of the things that we have as a merger between Google and Samsung in some aspects that we're reaping the benefit of. Now, does that feature um, have the material you built into it, or is it just keeping the default green cursor? No, I keep mine on default, and what that does is that it, it, it adapts to whatever wallpaper I have going on. Okay, so it, it does have material you implemented. It, it does That's have awesome. material you, yes. That is awesome. So you could... Choose that default. That means whatever theming you have going on on your phone, that's what it's going to adapt to. Okay, that is legitimately awesome. Yeah. All right. Now that we've spent a little bit of time on this, let's move on to our main segment. And that would be the navigational apps, GPS apps. Let's talk about GPS apps. Why do we need these things as blind people? You know, someone is not leading us by the hand or... Someone, you know, back in the olden days, someone holding a stick and you hold the other end of it or some crazy stuff like that. I don't know. Back in the olden days, probably that's how they did it. You know, you're blind and you need someone to guide you. Here's a stick. You hold this end and follow the stick. I have it and I'm leading you along. Crazy, right? Now we have our GPS apps besides our canes, of course, and we're not saying to you know, ditch the can or anything of that sort or the guide dock or anything like that. But we have another thing that augments that process of the navigation. And so here's where GPS apps, uh, GPS apps come in. So 
demos for GPS apps do tend to get very long as people have to walk and show how these apps announce streets and other points of interest. So we will not be able to add them in the episode. Otherwise, the episode will be extremely long. So please read the show notes. They are arranged very accessibly on our website. And please click on the link to go to the playlist and find all the demos in that playlist. Um, Doug, which one do you prefer when it comes to walking around, maybe trying to find that little Irish pop or some crazy stuff like that? Admittedly, I use Google Maps for majority of my stuff. Um, if I need a lot more detail, I will go over and use apps like Get There. Um, yeah, I generally keep it pretty low key, don't do anything too insane. So I right now don't even really have more than get there and Google Maps installed on my phone. <laughs> well, that's good. Hey, uh, Wanda, what do you use when you're going you're going out there trying to find some hair products or something like that that you women do? What do you do? <laughs> so I mainly use Google Maps as well. I have experimented with um, Lazarillo, but admittedly, because of COVID, I haven't done as much exploring as I would like to. So um, currently, it's interesting. Um, I use the paratransit in my area to go to doctor's appointments or visit friends, you know, limited, but I do that. And I use the Google Maps with my Aftershock um, headphones so that I know where I am in location in regards to am I getting close to my destination? So I find it quite, you know, the Google Maps is really good. So um, because a lot of the drivers in my area, um, you know, they don't tell you, you know, where, you know, where we are until we're there. And I'd rather know ahead of time so that I can prepare myself. So I use Google Maps for that. And like I said, I would really like to try get here. I've never tried that. And I've experimented with uh, Lazarella. Great. Austin, when you're out there, not in a lockdown in Mumbai, which one do you prefer? I prefer the favorite app, Lazario. So we had demoed Lazario on episode eight. I had done a demo on this. And if anyone has not heard the demo, I will add the playlist in the playlist of the YouTube. We also had an interview with Rene from Lazario. So I'll add the playlist of this week's episode on YouTube app. So it won't be in the audio of the podcast, but it'll be on YouTube. How about you, Miriam? You also go out for them, hair products and all that good stuff. What do you use? Um, I feel like it's it's kind of enough. I used to get there for a while. But um, back, <laughs> strangely, I did use ID like I when it was a thing. Um, I, I don't know. I just love to see what what things are nearby so yeah that's what i use mainly 
As for me, I kind of, you know, use them interchangeably. You know, now and then I will try the uh, get there. And I do want to mention, though, that I had not necessarily tried Lazarillo. I tried it last week walking to the post office, which I recorded. And actually, I really liked it. And it probably may be one of my most favorite uh, GPS apps. I use that and I use Good Maps and I use Google Maps and then get there. So it's just one of those things. But my thing is have more than one, just in case that something doesn't work well with the other one, you can always switch to the other one. Um, maybe this is coming from the app junkie side of me, uh, but in general, I like having more than one app that does the same thing just in case the other one is not doing to my satisfaction. So it's up to you. It's all about that customization, right? And that's what Android is all about. All right, moving on, we turn our attention now to the spotlight and the man of the hour is Marco from the Sunu Band Group. I'll thank you, Marco, for joining the podcast today. Um, basically, we have Marco from Sunu Band, a relatively new-ish G, uh, device on the market for sonar mobility navigation. I actually have one of the first devices, I believe, to come into Canada in, I want to say it was 2017, 2018. And I personally love it, but we'll let you kind of tell more about the device, Marco. Sure. Thank you, Doug. And thank you everyone for having me here. Um, so yes, the device, like you said, is a smart mobility aid. Uh, it's a complement to the canes. It's not a replacement for the white stick or for the guide dog. Uh, it doesn't detect obstacles at the floor level, but it's great catching obstacles from your waist up to your head, provided that protection to your upper body, to your head. And it also great extending your perception of objects beyond the cane switch. Because cane, you know, it can tell you what's probably two or three steps ahead, depending on your length or your cancel length. Uh, but the sooner I can tell you what's 15 feet away, five meters away uh, with vibrations. So all together, what it does is increase your perception, giving you like a more agile navigation, more uh less less friction um and more harmony well as you walk reduce anxiety plus all the protection uh on top of that it also pairs to an app so the app is uh it's another gps app uh the cool thing is that because it's paired to the to the app you don't even need to take your phone out of the pocket like you can access all the navigation features from the bracelet on the go so it's more convenient experience and because it's a bracelet you know it's hands-free like you just wear like a watch and it's catching obstacles it's vibrating you it's indicating you where these obstacles are in real time everything through a haptic language or vibration language that we built uh, it tells you proximity of objects it tells you the shape of the object it tells you even the hardness of the objects again in a real-time vibration experience totally a new language like braille um, and it gives you like immediate response and reaction to any stimulus, any, any obstacle. And with the GPS, it also indicating you like where you are, what street you're crossing, uh, where are you heading? If you want to find, you want to know like what places are around you, 
We have features uh, like the place pointer in which you just simply point with your hand wearing the band, uh, like finger pointing, and it, it tells you what places are in the direction you're pointing towards. Uh, or you can switch that to the street pointer, which will tell you like what street are in the direction you're pointing towards and so on. So what we did is like, you know, we try to try to put as many mobility tools, navigation tools in a single device and, and, and provide a, a more agile experience, harmonic experience for, for blind pedestrians. Hi, Marco. This is Warren. So tell us about the history of this device. When did you guys get started on this uh, Sunu device? And what were some of the reasons that led you guys to thinking about doing something of this nature? Did you get any inspiration from what was already on the ground? Or was it something that you were not satisfied with what we have currently or what you are seeing at the time and thought of a better idea and thus coming up with this uh, new device how did you come about doing this yeah so that's a long story i'll probably start with my background i have a background in robotics i was since i was a kid i knew i was going to be an inventor uh, so i was a kind of key to break all his toys and build new ones with them and my best friend from childhood is death um we still we're still great friends these days and um the interesting part is that, of course, being a child, and I'm talking like I have a child, uh, a friendship with him since I was four years or five years uh, old, and we we used to do a lot of things together. Like uh, I, I spent all the time together with him. Um, he never learned uh, official the official sign language when when we were kids because uh, I don't even know if that existed. I, I think uh, his mom didn't even know. Uh, so we built our own sign language. So it was like. The, uh, I was the only person he could communicate to uh, at that point. And that was the case. Like so many times, uh, his mom just called me to be the, the interpreter between the two of them. Um, and as I grew up, uh, I remember I was, you know, getting to school. Um, he, he wasn't able to get into middle school because he didn't know sign language, so he couldn't go into school for the deaf nor school for 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 the silent. So, um, I I for three years, like I saw him struggling a lot uh, with you know adapting to society. Um, so I think that was the first time I realized he he had a disability and 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 he wasn't able to to cope with it. Um, so. I, I I don't know. It took it took me a while, but I actually realized that there was an official sign language. Uh, I was 13 years old by then, uh, and I I talked to her mom. I asked her like, why why don't why don't you let him go with me? I I I found a school for the for for the deaf uh, in a in a church near my house. Uh, so we went together. We both learned official sign language. Six months later, he was able to get into middle school, uh, and it, and he was very happy. He was. I'm very thankful about that. Uh, like he discovered there was a world for him. Uh, he was not alone. Uh, so I think that that really that's the drive behind uh, everything that I've done since then. I realized that uh, you know uh, there's a lot of people in, in, in that come in different conditions, uh, and and the world is not friendly uh, to all of us uh, in, in many ways. It's not accessible. And they just did like a little push, uh, uh, a little help, and and that, that makes a huge difference. 
Um, so after that, it was very natural for me to learn more about disabilities. I volunteered to several organizations uh, with autism, several policy, deafness, blindness. Um, and, and then I used all my, my, I started competing in robotics since I was 15. I won my first competition when I was 15 years old. Uh, by the time I was 18, I was representing my country in robotics competitions. Um, and so I, I, I probably had like 20 years old. I'm right now 30, 31. Uh, when I when I built my first assistive technology device, uh, in total I I built about uh, seven devices, different devices for 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 different types of of disability, different types of adaptations. Um, and the Sunivan came across uh, what uh, I think it was in twenty, I think it was twenty thirteen probably. Uh, I was volunteering in a school for blind children in Guadalajara, Mexico. Um, I was part of the staff that, uh, that that go out with the kids during their mobility lessons every Thursday, um, and I, um, I, I I realized like it doesn't matter like how much you train these kids, how much you take care of them, they're kids. I mean, they run in the, the playground, they hurt themselves. Uh, it's like it's impossible to you know make sure they don't they don't hurt themselves, uh, and 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 part of this was. Uh, because the tools they have weren't enough. Like, you know, like the cane, anyone in that school had a, had a guide dog. I don't even know guide dogs existed at that time. Uh, but the canes were not enough. Uh, and not, not to, uh, I mean, the cane is an excellent tool. I understand the, the entire symbolism behind them and how important it is, but uh, it doesn't provide protection to the upper body. And it, it wasn't informing the user what's beyond that reach. And of course, it wasn't telling you what, what's the information that the user was missing as as as, as he walks. So, so I, I just saw the gap right there. I was like, why, <laughs> why, why? There's nothing better than this uh, when we have smartphones every every year, uh, newer versions. But we have cameras, um, and these days, like we have self-driving cars, we have rockets that land themselves. Like I just couldn't couldn't understand that. Um, so that's pretty much how I, I started designing uh, prototypes for mobility. I tested a lot of things like putting technology on canes, on bands, um, different types of sensors, different types of actuators, of indicators. Um, so it was, um, I, I probably stayed there like for a year and a half testing several prototypes until I came out uh, with, you know, the early prototype of the student band, uh, wow. which, which was bracelet. Wow. And, mm -hmm. So Sunu, uh, is that, does that mean something or is that like the name of your girlfriend or? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You know, a man can just yeah. name something after his uh, little squeeze or uh, something crazy like that. Uh, how did we come up with the name Sunu? Does it mean something in particular or you just uh, threw something out in the head and pick one out and say, hey, Sunu it is? <laughs> it does mean something. Uh, it's actually, I mean, it's it's a long story as well because I mean, the name of the company wasn't Sunu; it was terrible names, like two different <laughs> terrible names before that. So it took me a while to get into this more global, marketable name. Uh, but Sunu comes from a Mayan word, Sunu uh, ah. Un. Uh, it's a very weird word how, how the Mayan spells, uh, but uh, I of course I could like the 
different syllables and I, I, I shortened that to Sunu, which seems clean, here's clean. And it means uh, hummingbird. Um, ah. And the reason why hummingbird, uh, hummingbird, hummingbirds were so significant, so important for, for Mexican pre-Hispanic cultures. Um, so they, they symbolize, in essence, they symbolize a couple of things. So one is courage and the other one is grace. Uh, so courage, like if you think about the Aztecs, the god of the sun, like the most important god of them all, which um, Silopochtli uh, means uh, right, uh, left-handed hummingbird. Uh, so just like, like why, why is a, a, a creature that is so tiny, so vulnerable, the most, the most important goddess for, for this culture? And this is because that's exactly what courage means. Like courage is, is exposing your vulnerability uh, and, and being being brave, and the hummingbird was a symbol like of of pure willpower, uh, of a little creature that is pollinizing everywhere, uh, that is reaching. Because because hummingbirds have a, a very interesting mission in the world, like they are pollinizers, but they reach those uh, regions where bees and other insects can't reach, like high mountains, rainy forests, all of that. Like it's yeah. thanks to them that we have flowers in the mountains. Um, so willpower and grace, well, for the Mayas, they, they, are, they, they were the messengers for grace. And I believe like that's also part of, of, of I mean, a cultural company, but also part of, of what we build with our products, that we, we build graceful products uh, uh, that, that provide those graceful moments, you know, uh, and, and that it ignites the courage of the user to, to, you know, take the step. Because at the end, I mean, we're not doing magic, like we are just providing additional information to the user, but it's the user who takes the courage to step out the door and, and, and face the challenge they, they, they have. So it's, it's, that's why. So is there a little symbol of the Sunu bird, you know, somewhere on the band or? Yeah, uh, you don't... <laughs> it's, that's, it's actually a hummingbird, but I, I didn't want to make that obvious, but yes, figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. This thing you talked about, you know, it could tell you what's going on. Now, these are all haptics or does does it pair with like my Bluetooth headset or I don't have a need of a Bluetooth headset? How does it work? Oh, I've got the older version of, um, so the version model from about 2017, 2018. So the newest versions, I believe, have a lot more features packed into them than what mine would. Is that correct, Marco? Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, the hardware hasn't changed that much. Uh, of course, we have done some improvements, um, when, you know, in the components. Uh, but most of the updates uh, are uh, have been, or most of the features are accessible if you update your your band. So I don't know if you have a chance, like, to test the new um, texture detector, shape detector, like all Actually that. That goes into the question I was going to add into this is um, I'm actually obviously running on an Android device mm -hmm. and I'm on the understanding that some of these new features are only available right now on iOS. Yeah, yeah, you, that's fair. Uh, yeah, it, it's not available, but the good news today, guys, is that it's actually available since today. So we, we just launched an open beta yesterday. Uh, so anyone who has Uniband can access these new features. Um, so you, you probably are able to, to use it uh, right now. Now, the thing is that in order to get access to the public beta, 
Uh, well, you know all of this, of course. Uh, so it, it's not like the app that you, you download from Play Store, uh, but you actually have to scroll down the app and, and find that link to the open beta and, and getting, but we're also launching a private one because the thing about the public beta is that we can't share all the information of, on how to use this uh, these features. And I mean, you can figure it out, but it's better if, if we share information. So if, if you sign up for our private beta, then all our, our, our staff of customer success is, is gonna be behind you, sending you informations, uh, having you on the phone, uh, guiding you through through the process. Uh, so it will be better if you guys reach out at hello at sunu.com and ask to be invited to the beta. So again, That's so amazing. the um, everything is haptic, right? Or like I was saying earlier, or does it pair to my Bluetooth headset? How do I, um, is it verbalized or is it, I have to learn what each haptic means? Yeah. So it's both both feedbacks are are there, uh, but in terms of of I mean, the the Sunu pairs to to your phone, and then your phone pairs to your Bluetooth headset. So we don't we don't connect directly to your headset. Uh, we go through the phone, but through yeah. the speaker, you only get information about I mean the interface. Like let's say you're swiping, so you know like the different features that that are listed in the band and uh, the one you select. Um, so, so the, the so voice is, is only an additive for, for, for the interface, but also for the GPS application. So like the street pointer, place finder, like all of those features, uh, work through voice, uh, but they are GPS feature, most of them. Then what's exclusive for haptics, uh, it's all the, the mobility part, like the, the obstacle detection part, basically. So everything is through haptics. It's like it's like learning a new language is like learning braille but many times easier uh it's like learning to use a cane so for example with vibrations you can tell the proximity of ob of an object like how far it is this is great for so keeping social distancing for example uh or for following in a line uh you can tell how a person in front of you is moving forward and reach out and so on uh you can use it for wayfinding like if, if you're walking straight, you feel something is in front of you, then you scan with your student band to the right or left, you find a clear path and you will go around it, that, that obstacle. Uh, then uh, you can also use like for shorelining, like if you're walking next to a building, you can feel how, how far you're closer from the building. So you, you keep walking straight. Um, protecting your upper body. Um, you can also adjust it to work like inside a bus or inside a train station, getting out of the crowd, finding an open seat. Like there's too many applications for this. Um, it really depends on, on, on the scenario. You can adapt the Sunu band. And, and again, the Sunu band through haptics tells you the proximity of object. It tells you, it also tells you like, where do you have a gaps? Like where, where's open space available? Uh, it tells you the, the hardness of the object. So for instance, you can distinguish between a wall, a person, a pole, because uh, they have they come with different hardnesses, right? Um, so, and it can tell you the shape, like with the SUNY band, you, you scan, the way you scan is very, very discreet. Like you just really like you wear your, you, you just use your hand, like you usually use it, like it's hanging down, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. 
you don't need to do any weird movement. It is it is the the sonar sensor is is pointing forward when you have your hand in, in its natural position, like hanging down. And uh, if you want to scan around, you simply turn your wrist to slightly to the left, slightly to the right, and and that's it. Like you don't need you don't need to lift your hand. You don't need to make a, a weird movement. It's very discreet. You you can feel everything from from that position, and and again everything is in in real time. So the combination of proximity, hardness, shape, all together in a vibration pattern uh, gives you enough clues to figure out if if it's a person who's walking, it's a wall, it's intersection of two walls and you reach a corner, uh, is that a pole? Um, like it gives you a lot of, a lot of information, um, which ultimately gives you uh, more, more, like a more agile uh, mobility, less friction, and and all and simply like the the importance of knowing what's what's around clearly like gives you that like tranquility that um, you are heading in the right direction that nothing is gonna suddenly show up and probably hurt you like all, all of that. Yeah. So, but it does have like a little inbuilt speaker, right? Outside of all of that. Is that what you are saying or no? No, uh, it doesn't have a speaker. It's all haptics, okay. but yeah. it speaks you through the app. It so speaks you have that part on, on the headset via the phone and all of that. Yes, correct. Okay. Well, good. So is there um, learning mode since it's only based on haptic feedback? So I think that people, like as, as a person, I need to learn which haptic feedback means what. So does it have a learning mode? Yes, yes, and thank you for asking that. Uh, yeah, we have a, a, a feature within the app. It's called Sunu Academy. Uh, so it's basically goes, just start a guide since you place an order. Like even before the, 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 the Sunu Bank get, uh, arrives to your house, like you start learning how the app works uh, and imagining like how the bank will work once it's fair. And we have a lot of interactive lessons then. So so that's like the learning one, like you said, like so you're, you're clicking the band and, and, and the guide is telling you, okay, now click this button, now, now try this, now do this exercise. We And it, it, it is progressive. So you start by feeling proximity first, uh, understanding how, how proximity is, is, is being communicated. Uh, and then it tells you like how you can adjust that and then it adds another layer of information. And now let's 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 understand profoundness. Now let's understand hardness. Now let's understand shape. And it has a series of exercises uh, along the entire guide uh, until you basically master everything. And and it also, of course, uh, teaches you as well all the GPS piece of it, uh, not only the haptic. All right, so uh, Marco, let's talk about the good stuff now. You've told us all it does and all, and its capabilities and all of that. Now, I think the good part now is that moolah part. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking money, uh, money, dinero. You know <laughs> how? What are the different models? Or, I mean, the because um, uh, sometimes these things are either subscription based, and you know, including the hardware, or it could be uh, you get the hardware and you could be uh, buying or subscribing to the software updates and things like that. Uh, take us through the different um, options that you guys have 
and you know possible you know just potential prices and all of that so that our listeners have a better understanding so that they know which one to go in for and for how long and what the support is like sure so yeah we currently have three different plans um so the Sunubank comes uh, with some premium and free features. The product, the, the Sunubank uh, standalone and, and standard, um, in a standard purchase, it costs you uh, two ninety nine uh, for the product. Uh, of course, it comes with the obstacle detector. It doesn't come with the most advanced haptic uh, sonar uh, applications like texture detection and, and shape detection. Uh, but it gives you proximity and it gives you access to most of the GPS features except for the place pointer. Uh, that's two ninety nine, and and that's the only thing. If if you wanna add uh, or subscribe uh, to the premium feature, it costs you ten dollars, uh, additional ten dollars a month to to unlock that and any other update that comes in. Uh, if you don't wanna pay for a subscription, then you can purchase the device with lifetime premium access to current features and any additional features that we that we come up with for uh, $5.99, so $600. Uh, now, the good news is that um, we also built a, a new plan, a newer plan. It's, it's more like a membership plan. Um, it comes in a hardware as a service kind of uh, business model in which you only need to pay $69 activation fee. Uh, and that's, that's the first payment. Um, and then you have to sustain a $20 monthly subscription. Uh, and this is a lifetime uh, monthly subscription. So as long as you're paying, you know, the product comes with all the features, everything and premium and standard. And the good, the good thing is that it also comes with a hardware upgrade every 18 months. So you don't need to worry about warranty. You don't need to worry uh, about technology uh, improving and you you falling behind. Like as long as you're paying twenty dollars a month, uh, you'll, you'll get uh, a hardware uh, a hardware improvement every eighteen months plus everything that the band has to offer. I see. So essentially, though, the uh, the band is one and the same. The differentiating. Uh, the differentiating uh, thing comes in here when one has to uh, subscribe to the premium stuff, and that is software-based, uh, besides the fact that though you guys uh, tend to have new hardware, like about every 18 months or 24 months, somewhere in there, and one could choose to be a member and be paying $20 a month, and whenever there's a new update, a hardware upgrade, um, that comes to them free. Would that hardware upgrade uh, be in the way of a new hardware, or is that the same hardware that I got that simply got something via the software? It comes in new hardware. And and we want to do this because it just makes more sense for us as well. Like if you think about technology, uh, technology improves every year. Uh, new sensors, new actuators, more memory, uh, all of that. You know, and and just think about the smartphones. Um, they 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 have a new version every year. It's probably not like a, a, a huge gap of difference. Most of them are like incremental stuff. Yeah. Uh, but in in 
in this space, like particularly in assistive technology and, and, and right here in electronic travel aids, there's more room for improvement. Like we, we barely touch the surface of what an electronic travel aid can do for a user. Uh, if you look at the history of uh, electronic travel aids, they have been important improvements, but it hasn't been until today that we are like putting everything together because things are now smart. So I think like it makes more sense to do these kinds of subscriptions because if we we are this like since we launched three years ago, or three years and a half ago, we have discovered so much uh, about how we can improve the the, nav- the navigation mobility experience um, of the users that that we just don't want to fall behind. We just we don't want to stick with the same hardware. Uh, we want to give you a better hardware, more actuators. Uh, more precise actuators, more sensors, and, and improve every 18 years uh, uh, our hardware. Because that's the other ways to to really reach the ultimate goal. Because uh, there's 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 a lot of things we need we we are exploring, we are learning, and and a lot of room for improvement in this particular technology image. So when I have an when I have a hardware upgrade. Uh, do I keep the old one or do I send that back to you guys? How, how does that work? Uh, Is it so mine to keep? We No, we, we keep it. Because uh, the intention there as well for us... You keep like, it or I keep it. Who keeps it? Sunu keeps it. Um, so it's more like a rental kind of thing. Um, and we do this as well because what we plan to do with all these old devices uh, is actually donating them, like refurbishing them, uh, and working with organizations in countries uh, where it's probably difficult for users to get access to these tools, uh, and and we want to reuse them to to for donations uh, or or government subsidies, like all these kinds of initiatives. Ah, that makes sense. How about uh, do you guys also maybe like someone could hey say I I don't have enough money to uh, get a new one. Uh, do you guys have maybe and access to where people could have, you know, if you want to buy a refurb, like you just talked about, instead of uh, uh, donating it to others, of course, you're going to be donating it to others and all of that. But would there be an opportunity for someone maybe who doesn't have uh, money or knows for sure that they're not going to be able to afford um, a new one, but they would love to be able to experience the Sunu? Could they be able to get like a refurb and, and have a go at it? Yeah, definitely. We have done that several times in the past, and we are really mindful about about how to help the users. Like that, our goal is that uh, more people know about us. Like that's that's our problem. <laughs> uh, for some reason, like uh, the, the the blind community tend to be uh, reluctant to to newer technologies, and I understand. I perfectly understand. Like assistive technology is usually like super expensive, and and it's not really functional most of the time. <laughs> So, so I, I know why like there's certain fear towards trying new things, but that that like fear is actually hurting us in a way. So what we want is like uh, more people know about us. Uh, so we have worked like even financing plans for for many users, uh, and our best users pr- probably got their band for free uh, or 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 through a donation because we have run donation campaigns as well uh, with with. You know, crowdfunding or fundraisers. Um, so, so yes, like if, if you are in that type of situation, 
don't, don't be shy. Just reach out. We figure out a way to, to have you and or facilitate it as much as we can. Yeah, and in, in reality, actually, blind people like trying new things. I think that the uh, obstacle that often uh, comes in between them and these um, trying new things, mm-hmm. like you said, though, has to do with prices. And I think because yeah. the reason has to be the fact that most blind people are on fixed incomes and it becomes really difficult for someone to be able to afford something like that. And that's the handicap there, in so to speak. Or else, in reality, I think we're a bunch of community, a community of people that really want to try new things. But you know, sometimes, oftentimes, and not, it is that dinero, that mula. <laughs> <laughs> and but I'm I'm glad that you know you guys are mindful of things like that because that's important, uh, most especially if you are doing something that is intended to help. Um, uh, people with disabilities, and that's what you guys are all about. And I'm glad that you do have this type of programs. And most especially if there's financing, I think that makes it a little bit easier for someone to uh, participate in something like this. Yeah, thank you. And and yes, I mean, you're right. Um, actually, like, <laughs> we have a lot of uh, crazy users who, who, I mean, try... They're, I mean, they're very participative, participative in our betas, and and they love to be not all, not everyone, of course, but many of them love to be guinea pigs. So it's actually thanks to them that we came up with so many features and and so many discoveries about this. Uh, but but it's, it's 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 most likely the price. So that's why we built this membership. Like if you think about it, twenty dollars a month. I know it's hard for some people, but it's like sixty cents a day. Uh, or so so for the value it adds or it could add like it's, it's totally worth it great that's good so people can always go on your website and make these purchases right is that how they go about it or do you guys uh like most blindness related stuff have dealers in certain countries or you know different states especially here in the united states we you know we have uh, dealers uh, do people go direct to you or do you guys do it that in that way of where you have uh, dealers across mm-hmm. uh, the fruited plan? Uh, we do have the distributors, but for example, this plan, the, the membership, the $20 membership, uh, it's only available through our website uh, right now. Uh, so we, we're actually like piloting it. Uh, but you can also find it through our many resellers across many, like 20 countries, over 20 countries so far. Um, so yeah, it's the thing is that it it, it changed the price. The price changes depending on the on the country, of course. Uh, but in in the US, it is uh, $299 if you want to purchase it through any of our network of distributors and we have many organizations that are selling it uh, and promoting it successfully like in Louisiana APH is also selling it um, uh, LSNS um, and different you know blindness organizations do you yeah. what other countries do you have this available in I know of course you'll have it in Mexico as well as in Canada where dog is dog got his there in Canada uh, outside of these three what other countries do you guys have this thing available in sure so many countries across Latin America uh, like Guatemala uh, Brazil Chile 
and also in South Africa, we're actually saying it. Uh, in Europe, we have uh, Italy, uh, the UK, um, in Australia as well, uh, with Vision Australia over there. Um, we are opening doors in Korea, uh, in Japan. Oh. Like, yeah, it, it's very interesting because when we launched this product, uh, we wasn't expecting um, such a global reach, like such a global interest. But we 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 have distributors in 20 countries, but we actually have users in over 50 countries. <laughs> We're getting orders everywhere. So we need we we needed to like move fast and work on translations, work on, on logistics and everything so we can support the global interest. Uh, so you can order from anywhere in the world. Um, the, the only inconvenience is that if you don't have a distributor in your country, uh, well, you might need to pay some import fees, but uh, we, we try to make the, the shipping as accessible as possible. Uh, so at least you can earn some money there. Uh, and if you live in a country which you don't have a Sudan distributor, uh, you can, if you can help us with that introduction, like reaching out to the distributor that you like or organization that you trust, we can talk to them. We usually run testing with, with the organizations and they are the, the, the ones that actually help us to, to, to distribute the product. So, so you're saying that the company is willing to sign a contract with some distributors and countries, but like can just reach out and it can be done, right? Yes, just just tell your organization, hey, I heard about this Sunibound, sounds like a promising product. Why don't you talk to them and, and try their technology? Then we, if you introduce us, uh, hello at sunu.com, uh, we can facilitate demo units so they run their tests uh, and work, you know, all that logistic thing. Uh, so, so they can have the product available in your country or your city. So I have two questions. One is, is there any plan of uh, bringing the device to India? And the second question is, now Indian roads are not the best of roads. Like, yeah. first of all, there are a lot of crowd on the road. Secondly, the people park at the side and outside of the road or anywhere. So what happens, what used to happen is I had a glass these wearable glasses from some RNIB in UK. Uh -huh. So every time I used to use those glasses, those glasses used to vibrate because of all the times. crowd and all these uh, people on power vehicles. So is there some way to reduce the sensitivity of Sunu or does that also will have the same problem? Yeah, great, great questions. Thank you. Uh, so for the first one, uh, we currently don't have a distributor in India. We are working on it. Uh, we do have, uh, I was talking about Paraclete, uh, so we were figuring out uh, how to build um, our relationship over there. So we're in that process, uh, but if you want to recommend us uh, or introduce us to someone, uh, we're help, happy to, to explore that. Uh, and the second one regarding uh, sensitivity of the sonar sensor, yes, we understand that problem. That's actually one of the issues about most electronic travel aids that use sonar is that they can get very noisy and, and noisy means like zero functional. <laughs> the only thing that uh, it's, it's imagining, you know, like having to navigate the crowd and on top of that, having to, having something vibrating, alerting you all the time. So that's, that's, it's not, that's not useful. So what we do with the Sunivan, uh, we, you, you can adjust, uh, it comes with, with three presets. So presets is like sonar configurations. It comes with a, configuration for outdoor 
configuration for indoor and a configuration we call a gap finding. So extreme indoor spaces like crowds, like, like India crowds. Uh, but you can even build more, like you can customize this. Uh, you, you can adjust the range of detection, shorten that from five meters to two meters, for example. You can adjust the sensitivity of the sonar, like narrow, narrow down the cone of detection or the angle of detection. So instead of aiming like a 40 degrees angle, you can almost narrow it like almost like a laser beam. Uh, you can adjust the vibrations as well. Um, with different vibrations, but if you feel like vibrations are too strong, you can lower that down. And, and then with all this additional information that we are providing, and, and there's no other sonar device in the market that is providing hardness uh, detection, that is providing shape detection, there's no other. Uh, so that's, that's something exclusive for Sunu. Uh, this information that it's more digestible because even if you are having more information, it's actually better instead of being overwhelming. Because the problem in providing just proximity is like, you don't know, like you, you feel that there's something, but you don't know what it is. You don't know what starts, what it ends. Like it, it's not useful again. So if you have that extra information of uh, how hard it is, then, you know, okay, this could be a person and this is moving, uh, this is a wall or a pole and the shape also tells you that like okay it starts here it ends here this is the center of it uh so so all that information actually helps uh, to make these crowd situations uh resolve this crowd situation smoothly so um talking about the band and this is probably one of my last questions is it adjustable? I mean, is it like a typical silicon uh, band or um, is it something that one could customize the band? Because I know we've got different wrist uh, sizes and all of that. So uh, tell us about yeah. how adjustable it is, you know, for the different wrists out there. It, it is a silicon band. Uh, it probably, I mean, probably seems looks like a Fitbit kind of band. It has a uh, it has a sonar sensor on one end, so it's like a rounded metal piece, like a cylinder uh, on 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 one side, which is the one that is catching obstacles. It has a couple buttons on one side of the band, uh, and and then the surface of the Sunu band is a touch pad, so you can actually swipe that, double tap, uh, same as as you use your phone. Underneath it has a, a charging port, so it's rechargeable. It lasts you for for two to three days, depending on how much of a heavy user you are. Uh, at the very least, it lasts you for an entire day. Um, and the straps are silicon. It, it actually uses a standard uh, 20 millimeter straps. So you can change those. Uh, if, if you don't want to use the rubber straps, you want to use or the silicon straps, you want to change them for leather or something else. Um, and it comes in, in, in a single color and a single size, uh, but we make sure to put holes all over the, the strap so you can adjust it for different wrist sizes. So we added more holes than, than usual. Yeah. Um, and um, it is painted black. It's mostly black, but it has like a thin uh, vein uh, in green color, like green, bl bluish green. Uh, how do you call this color? Turquoise, probably. Yeah, turquoise. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, 
So, like you said, the one could change uh, the band. Is that something that has to come from you, or I could walk into some place and get a, a different uh, strap and, and put it on? Yeah, we, we don't sell additional straps. Uh, so, you need to go to any other watch store. And... Okay, that's good. Mm -hmm. So, I do have one question which every tech junkie is going to appreciate. <laughs> Are we using USB-C or the student band still running on the micro USB? It is still running on the micro USB. <laughs> I know. We went to change that for the USB-C, but that's probably one of, one of the things that, I mean, we are operating in the next, hard, in the next hardware edition. Well, if you are doing this 18-month uh, upgrades and all of that, um, you know, sooner or later, the micro USB is not going to be something that is uh, commonly found in our home. So uh, definitely you guys would need to be looking into USB-C in order to um, make it uh, most compatible with modern devices, right? Right. Yes, yes. Totally agree with that. Um... Okay, so my question is, um, if, for instance, the the band has a problem or there's a technical issue or it fell or whatever, so what could what can we do once that happens or if that happens? If it fails, like a manufacturing issue? Yes. Yeah, I mean, we have a one-year warranty on the standard purchase, two-year warranty on the premium purchase, the, the one that comes with a premium for lifetime. And um, lifetime uh, warranty in the premium membership, the, the rental plan. So with the, the lifetime premium membership subscription, which is $20 a month, if something happens, uh, regardless of how long one has had it, they could always contact you guys or contact a distributor and have it replaced? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, of course, it's, it's, it's aligned with um, manufacturing defects. So if you have like an accident and it broke because... I went out to a party and somehow <laughs> someone knocked it out or, you know, in the bar or some crazy place like that. And my okay. Sunu band uh, goes cuckoo. Can I get a new one? Or what, what do I do at this point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so there are cases like we, we send the survey, like, okay, what happened? We ask for photos and, and, and we replace the device. Uh, but we are like, we, we replace devices. Uh, I mean, that's not an issue for, for us. Really. Um, we, so, so best option here will be like a premium membership in that case. But otherwise, we have a one-year warranty in the standard purchase. Yeah, standard uh, warranty, yeah. Everybody tends to do that. Well, that's great. Well, you know, um, so I know you've told us a lot about the website and all of that. How about you tell our listeners one more time where to go to find you guys uh, on the web, your web address, and different ways of reaching you. You guys are definitely on on the tweet, 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 Twitter. Uh, you're on uh, YouTube. You're on uh, Facebook for those uh, on the Facebook and things like that. How do people reach, get hold of you guys? Yeah, we're also on Instagram. Uh, so you can reach us through any social media. Uh, you can write us directly to hello at sunu.com. And you can find our website at sunu.com, S-U-N-U.com. Um, 
in the website, well, you can call us, there's a call us button, so you can also call us directly. Um, we operate in, in the US, so we might not get calls from the India uh, at your time, <laughs> probably right now. Uh, or you can call us, call one of our distributors uh, in your country as well. Well, thank you so much, Marco, for taking your time out to come out and talk yeah. with our listeners and all of that. And uh, uh, could we have this again down the road, you know, when there's a new thing, uh, most especially when you have a USB-C uh, connector, <laughs> you want to come back. Let's talk about that because I think that's important, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I love to be back here and uh, all the opposite. Thank you guys for giving, for sharing this space and uh, so people know more about the event and, and what we're doing. I really appreci appreciate this. I love to come back and I also love to have uh, that you have a band next time so you can also share your experience. So let's, 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 let's figure out how to get you one. Uh, so you can also share your experience with. It. That sounds good. That absolutely sounds beautiful. Uh, you, you've been so kind. So thank you so much. And uh, thank the crew at Sunu for doing what they're doing. We are behind them. And, you know, for me, it always pleases me when a company thinks of us, because it's not often that someone goes to bed thinking of, of people with disability. No one thinks about us, you know, most of the time. But <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, hearing your story with your friend back there growing up as children and all of that, I think that's such an inspirational story. And, uh, you know, I think you're the second one that we've heard this kind of story from. Another one was our friend from Lazarillo. <laughs> I never could say that word right. And so it's, it's one of those stories that always gladdens my heart, uh, knowing there are people out there that think about us. And thank you so much for doing this. Okay, no, thank you. Uh, opposite. And, and for us, believe me, like this is a privilege. I, I can't do anything else. Like I really love my work. I really do love what we do. Everyone at Sun is really passionate about this. It's a privilege to, to do this. So it's all our pleasure. Thank you, Marco. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Guys, how did you like that interview we had with Marco? It was a very informative interview. And thanks to him for giving us his time and coming on our show. And Doc, we say thank you to you because you are the one that reached out to <laughs> the Sunu guys and uh, brought them in. So for a while, though, I thought that Sunu was actually from Canada. I don't know why I thought that. You know, I think because I haven't seen too many American VIs actually purchasing it. So I know more Canadians who have the Sunu band than I do people out of the U.S., so you have one uh wonder yeah how do you like it i love it ah that's beautiful it's it's another great tool in the toolbox like you say so i use it in conjunction with you know other apps but what i like it what i like most about it is that it allows me to navigate more easily in crowds so that I know that I'm approaching people or objects and I'm able to kind of move around more easily. And as I've gotten to use it a little more, again, here's that word again, it's become more intuitive. So I, it's just another tool, but I really do like it a lot. Have you um, been made aware of the current private and public betas for the Android platform for Sunu? 
No. We are. Tell me more. We're beta testing right now for the same features that are on the iOS platform. So we'll have shape detection, uh, density detection, those kind of features. So anything that's available in the premium subscription for iOS will actually be, is actually in beta right now for all of us with Androids. So we'll we'll actually be more on the equal side playing field now once these betas go through. And now we turn our attention to the app of the week. And I am demonstrating the Audible Vision. This is Audible Vision. In late July, we had the developer of Audible Vision. Audible Vision is still under beta, and I'll be demonstrating the Audible Vision today. I will now navigate to my OCR package, find and tap on Audible Vision, and give you the layout and see what it can do. Audible Vision is like an OCR package, but is a little bit different in its own way. Let's now navigate to my OCR folder, find and tap on Audible Vision. Folder, OCR, formal, lookout, folder, Audible Vision Beta. I will now tap on Audible Vision Beta. Tap on mic button or press and hold. Warren Carr. When you open up Audible Vision, what happens is that it reads whatever it sees because it is in the text mode. And this is real time, so whatever that the phone is being pointed at, if it has some text, you will hear that information. And that's why you are hearing it saying Warren Carr on my Zoom that I have opened on my computer because I'm using Zoom to do this recording. We have some tabs at the top, and the first one, of course, is that read text or the text mode. I will now unlock my screen and tell you about the layout of the app. Smart T-E-X-T-T-A-B. So we're in the text, smart text, and then we have document mode. Tap the read button or tap anywhere on screen to read the document. And we have find. We have the find. So if you are trying to find something, expiry date. An expiry date. I didn't know that people in the English world call it expiry date. Of course, here in the United States, we will say something like expiration date, and they have expiry date. Let's go to the next tab. Mask detector. Mask detector, that's to tell you if someone is not wearing a mask or if they're wearing a mask. The next tab is settings. Settings. And the last thing is help. Help is the last one. Let's now go back to the text mode. And I have the same text that I typed that we used back in episode 29 that I demonstrated with our other OCR packages. I'll Service. use that same smart text. smart text. That's the first one. Smart T-E-X-T-T-A-B. Hello, everyone, and thank you, S. As we continue with the must. Hello, everyone, and thank you, S. You can hear it going, going back and be forth because... Continue with the must have a... 
Continue with the must-have apps. I'm going to go Continue to the document the tab. Our packages document. happens to be this document tab. Tap the read button or tap anywhere on screen to read the document. In the document tab, you can tap anywhere now to start reading. I will point it at this piece of paper that I have that I typed out and tap anywhere on the screen to read it. You also have near the top right corner, you have read and share. Arrange in a vertical order. Read image. And below that, share image. Share. In essence, the read button does not read what you have captured because once it captures, then it automatically starts reading. That read that I touched above there returns you to the main view of the camera. In actuality, the share, of course, would launch the sharing feature on Android so you could choose to share what you have just captured. I will now point it at a text and tap on the read or tap anywhere on the screen and it will actually start reading the document. It is pretty fast. Let me now point it at a document. All right, now I will tap read image. Hello everyone and thank you so much for GMing us today. As we continue with the must-have apps, we come to the 29th episode and if the OCR packages happens to be the category for discussion. Who's going to be crowned king? Stay tuned as we put these apps to the test. And that is the document mode. As you can see, the capture is very fast. And like I said, on the top right corner there, you have the read and the share. So if I want to share this text that I just captured with someone, I will tap on the share. If I tap on the read, however, that returns me to the main live view of the camera. I will now tap on the read. Read image. I am now in the live camera view and I still have both the share and the read. As for the text, however, the text is gone. I do want to mention here in passing also that it does not expose the text to the screen reader. And also, it does not have a place to replay what you just heard. All right, that was the document mode. The next mode now will be the find. Document, select find. Find. Find tab. Enter text and tap find button or use voice command by pressing and holding the screen to tell the text you want to find. Speak after the short vibration. I will now point it at the text that I just read earlier, and I'm going to tell it to find the word king. So what happens is that when it finds the word, you will hear continuous beeping. Let me now point it at my text and say the word king. King. Searching for tech king. King. Tap the button or press and hold the commands. Speak after the short vibration or enter text. Find button or use voice command by pressing and holding. So you hear that those beeps and, and vibrations says I found the word king. Your input. King. King. Found text. And it found that text. Now in the next tab, 
Selected. Expiry date. Is that expiration date? Expiry date tab. This is an experimental feature. Please reconfirm the results with a human agent. And I do not have anything here to check for its expiration date. And so I'll move on to the next tab, which would be the mask detector. Mask detector. Mask detector tab. I'm going to point it at myself. One person not wearing mask. One person not wearing All right. mask. I'm not wearing mask because I'm in my house. And I tell you what, I hate wearing masks. Let's put that out there. The next thing is... Settings. Settings. Let's go in here. There's not much in the way of the settings, but let's go in here anyhow. Settings tab. When you tap on the settings, all that you have are the following. Mute voice feedback. Switch. Not checked. If I tap on this, then you are not going to be hearing that voice feedback that we're hearing besides my screen reader. I'm going to tap here so you understand what I'm talking about. Checked. Okay. Slow speech speed. Switch. Not checked. And you could tap here to slow the speech. And that's it about the settings. Now on the right side, that's the last tab. We have the help tab. Help. Help. Selected. App features. Smart text tab. Identify name of various products. You can use this smart feature to familiarize yourself with surrounding shop names or places while walking or traveling through a car. Document tab. Read long text, documents, or books. If the original text is small, you can use this feature for better readability. Find tab. Use this feature to locate a particular text of an item. Example 1 at shopping mall. Ask app to find a particular brand shop and move the camera to locate store. Example 2 while finding a food item in refrigerator, ask app to find a particular product name and move the camera to locate the product. Expiry date tab. Identify expiry date of products. This is an experimental feature. Please reconfirm the results with a human agent. Mask detector tab. Assists in taking safety precautions. Detects if nearby people are wearing masks and identifies if a commute path is crowded voice commands to initiate listening to voice commands. You need to tap on mic button or press and hold anywhere on screen and speak the command after short vibration. You can navigate through various tabs using below listed voice commands. Smart text document find expiry date mask detector settings help within find tab. You can press and hold to speak the text you want to search. 7 of 7. And that would be the help. It talks about all the different tabs here and all the other features on here. So with the mic at the bottom, basically all you could do is tell it to take you to a particular mode. For instance, if I want to go to document mode, I'll just tap on that mic and say document. And it will take me to the document mode or I will say expiry date it will take me to the expiry date, which is the expiration date, or I could say mask detector. Let's try it, for example, and see what happens. App features, make image out of pager. I'm in the help tab now, but now I'm going to tab here and say document. Document. Read, audible vision data, document. It took me to the document Tap mode. Now I'm going to just hold. Now I'm going to double tap and hold and see if it gives me the chime to give it a voice command. 
That didn't work, so I have to tap on the mic itself. Mic, image, out of page. Expiry date. Expiry date. Expiry date. There we go. Now I'm going to try one more time on for the mask button. detector. Mic, image. Mask detector. Mask detector. Mask detector. Audible vision data. Mic, image. Tap on mic button or press and hold to give voice commands. Speak after the short vibration or beep. So in reality, you tap mask. on that or tap and hold on the mic. One. Let's now try for the last time and this time ask for the smart text. Mic, image. Smart text. Smart text. Audible vision data. Mic, image. Smart text. And that will be the Audible Vision. It is indeed a different kind of app. And so, I encourage you to install this and give it a spin. You may like it. We now turn our attention now to the highlights from TalkBack. And again, I'm demonstrating something from TalkBack. Hi. As we continue in our series of highlights from TalkBack, we come to our second installment. In this demonstration, I'll be using the Pixel 4a as well as the Pixel 2XL. I will be using the Vocalizer TTS on the Pixel 2XL, and I will be using Eloquence on the Pixel 4a. To navigate to the TalkBack settings, like I said last week, what one needs to do if you are running an older version of TalkBack that doesn't have the multi-finger support, one has to draw that letter L, so in other words, drawing a line downward and curving to the right. That still works. Now, if you are using something that supports the multi-finger gestures, however, you could also use that or simply tap with three fingers to bring up the TalkBack menu. I will now invoke the TalkBack menu with a three-finger tap on a Pixel 4a and then invoke the TalkBack menu drawing a line down and curving right on the Pixel 2 XL. Here's Pixel 4a. TalkBack menu. Actions and list. That's Actions Pixel 4. Now I will invoke the TalkBack menu using the drawing of a line downward and curving to the right on my Pixel to Excel. TalkBack menu. Actions in list. All right, so let's explore what we have in these items. Here we hear actions, and the reason why we hear actions as well as hearing it on the Pixel 4 was simply owed to the fact that on both devices, the focus was either on an icon or a folder. And as a result of that, when you invoke the TalkBack menu, you will hear the first item being actions. I am on the Pixel 2 XL, and so the first item we hear is actions. Let's go forward. Navigation. We have navigation. Read from top. Read from next item. Copy last spoken phrase. So I'm just simply going with my fingers down, or you can swipe from left to right as well, if you like to swipe. Or else I'm simply moving my finger down as I go through the list. Screen search. Hide screen. Voice commands. 
Talk back settings. Text to speech settings. And that's the last item that I have on my Pixel 2. And of course, there's a cancel at the bottom right. I will now switch over now to the Pixel 4a. And the first thing we heard here was also actions. Actions. So here we go. Read from next item. I will now be swiping for those that like to swipe. Copy last spoken phrase. Spell last spoken phrase. Repeat last spoken phrase. Screen search. Hide screen. Voice commands. Talkback settings. Text-to-speech settings. System actions. Cancel button out of list. Cancel. There was an extra thing that we heard, which is system actions, that we did not hear on the Pixel 2 XL. Running TalkBack 9.1. I will now jump into the TalkBack settings, and that would be the second to the last on the Pixel 2, running Android 11, and will be the third to the last on the Pixel 4a. Let's now move over to the Pixel 2. Voice talkback settings. Here's talkback settings. Talkback settings. Navigate up. Button. Out of list. Hushed is running. Tap for more I will now go over to the Pixel 4a. Talkback settings. Talkback settings. Navigate up. Image. Out of list. You heard both say navigate to top. And on the Pixel 4a, we hear something says image and this is a bug or whatever that was brought about by installing the android 12 beta 4. i also do want to mention here in passing that with the 12 beta 4 if you're planning on using the talkback braille keyboard i ask you not to because that will crash your android accessibility and you will need sighted help in order to get that going and you first of all will have to of course and check the talkback braille keyboard from the virtual keyboards. Now let's go back to what I was talking about. We are now in the talkback settings. We heard navigate top on both devices. I will now move my finger down on the Pixel 2. Talkback settings out of list. I hear talkback settings. New features in talkback in list. New features in TalkBack. I'm going to tap on this. We're not going to go through the whole tutorial, but we're going to see what is different between the two. If one is running some device that supports the multi-finger gestures and one that doesn't support the multi-finger gestures. Welcome to the updated TalkBack. Page one of three, out of list. We are told that there are three pages in this tutorial. Now let's go find one on the Pixel 4a and tap on the same item and see how many pages we got. Talkback settings. New features in Talkback and list. I will tap here. Welcome to the updated Talkback. Page one of four out of list. We are told that there are four pages on this one as to the three pages on my Pixel 2 XL. Let's see what the differences are. You will get new easier gestures, simpler menus, voice control, and more. You will learn about key updates and changes in the next few screens. This will take about five minutes. You can review this information and talk back settings at any time. At the bottom of the screen, we have two buttons. 
we have the next or the close. At the bottom left is our next, and on the right is the close. You can also swipe from right to left to advance without tapping on the next button. Let's see now what the other one says on the Pixel 2 XL. You will get simpler menus, voice control, and more. You will learn about key updates and changes in the next few screens. This will take about three minutes. You can review this information in TalkBack settings at any time. I'm going to decrease the speech rate on this Pixel 2 XL because I didn't realize it's a little bit faster than the one I have on my Pixel 4a. In order to decrease my speech rate, I'm going to scrub, in other words, do the up-down uh, scrubbing movement uh, to change the granularity, or I could do the up-down movement with one finger, that is. You can also swipe from left to right to also change the granularities, or even up and down with three fingers to change the granularities. So I'm going to do up and down. Lines. You will get simpler menus. Words. Characters. I'm looking for uh, rate. Speech rate. That's what I want. Now I will swipe down with one finger to decrease the speech rate. Slower. 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 There we go. You will get simpler menus. Voice con. That is slower. Now we could tap on the next at the bottom. Next button. And that's on the left. Reading controls, page two or three. And we're told reading controls. These shortcuts can help you quickly change settings, like switching your navigation from characters to words or changing talkback speech rate. Step one, swipe down and then up to select the next reading control. Step two, swipe down to move the navigation focus forward or adjust a reading control down. Okay, if I swipe. Try it now. Swipe down and then up. And basically that is changing the granularity and this is using one finger. Links. All right. You can also reverse either of these gestures. Swipe up and then down to select the previous reading control. Swipe up to move the navigation focus up or adjust a reading control up. You can customize your reading controls in TalkBack settings. In other words, these are reversible. It says link. Now, if I swipe down and up, it's going to say the granularity that was before I changed to the link. So I will do that now. Speech rate. There you heard it because that was the last one I had when I changed my speech rate. All right. Let's move to the next thing. You can also reverse either of these gestures. Swipe up and then down to select the previous reading control. Swipe up to move the navigation focus up or adjust a reading control up. You can customize your reading controls in TalkBack settings. In other words, you could change how you go about doing these things. That is, you could say, hey, when I swipe up or down, do this instead. And we'll see that in our next lesson as we move along in our TalkBack tutorials. Let's move to the next one. Next button. Next. We go to next. More new features. Page three of three. This is the last page now, and we hear more new features. 
global and local context menus, used to help you find settings and controls, are now united in a single talkback menu. Your existing gestures, such as swipe down and then right, will still take you to the new united menu. All right. Now you can use your voice to control talkback quickly. Go to talkback settings to set up a gesture for voice command. Talkback now includes a braille keyboard so you can type faster with braille. To try it, go to talkback settings. Finish button. And finish. there's a finish. Before I tap on finish, however, I do want to mention here in passing that what they're talking about here is that it used to be in previous versions of TalkBack prior to version 9.1 that we had a separate context menu and a TalkBack menu or global menu rather. So in other words, think of it like the right click of the mouse and the left click of the mouse, wherein right clicking of the mouse will activate the context menu of an item in Windows. The same thing was true with TalkBack. For instance, if I'm on a word or on something and I want a context to that, I could invoke that menu, the con local context menu, which we used to call LCM, and that would activate menus specific to what is in focus. However, now these two have been combined together to where we only have one menu within which you will find all that pertains to either a single item or a general talkback menu. For instance, you heard it when I launched the talkback menu, it says actions because it was resting on an item or on a folder. I will now tap on the finish. Finish button. Talkback settings. New features in TalkBack. So we are done with that part of the tutorial on a phone that does not have multi-finger gestures. I will now move on to the Pixel 4a that supports multi-finger gestures. And here we go. Next button. You will get new easier gestures, simpler menus, voice control, and more. You will learn about key updates and changes in the next few screens. This will... I will now tap on the next because it's the same instruction. Next button. New gestures. Page 204. New gestures have been added to make TalkBack faster and easier to use. On this screen, you can try the new gestures. Okay. Note, you have customized some of your gestures, so this information may not be accurate. To review your gestures, go to TalkBack settings. In other words, what they are saying here is that TalkBack is intelligent enough to realize that I have gone in and changed some of those default gestures to what I prefer. However, some have not been changed. We'll take a look. To pause or play media in a video or music app, double tap with two fingers. Try it now. And I haven't changed that. So if you're playing music or something, you just double tap with two fingers and you'll stop the music. But because I do not have something to try it with at the moment, even if I double tap, nothing is going to happen. Nothing happens because I don't have any music track on this phone or nor do I have any ongoing media playing. Let's go to the next. Other apps may use this gesture for things like answering or ending a phone call. 
This gesture may not be supported by all apps. So in other words, you could also use this double tab with two fingers to answer phone calls and things like that. Some apps may even allow you to do that. I no longer use WhatsApp, so I'm not sure if the double tab of a two finger would allow you to answer a WhatsApp call or not. I know I use things like Google Duo, and I also use Signal as well as Telegram. But for Duo, all I do is simply swipe up with two fingers to answer that call. And for Telegram, there's always that answer on the bottom right, so I simply tap on that. So let's go to the next. To stop TalkBack from talking temporarily, tap with two fingers. In other words, if TalkBack is talking or you're reading something, you could tap and it will stop it. Okay, I have customized mine. You can always customize it and change it to what you want. The copy text, double tap with three fingers. So if I do that. Copied, the copy text, double tap with three fingers. I double tap with three fingers and it copied what was just spoken. Let's move to the next. The paste text, triple tap with three fingers. So if you are in an edit field, you want to paste some text that you have on the clipboard, you triple tap with three fingers. One, two, three. Not editable. And I am told not editable because I am not in an edit field. Let's go to the next. The cut text, double tap and hold with three fingers. So if you are in an edit field and you want to copy text, you want to double tap with three fingers and then hold that will cut the text not editable again i'm told it's not editable because i'm not in an editing field let's move on to start or end text selection mode double tap and hold with two fingers so if i double tap and hold with two fingers not editable I am told it's not editable because, again, I'm not in an edit field. Next button. Next. Let's go to next. Reading controls, page three or four. And this has to do with reading. All right, let's go on. These shortcuts can help you quickly change settings, like switching your navigation from characters to words or changing talkback speech rate. Step one. Swipe right with three fingers to select the next reading control. Step two, swipe down with one finger to move the navigation focus forward or adjust the reading control down. I do want to mention something here in passing that you have those three finger gestures whereby swiping left or right with three fingers will change the granularities and in the same breath, you can also Use the up-down scrubbing with one finger to change those granularities. So you have both ways of doing so if you so want to. And I think you can even swipe up and down with three fingers to do the same thing. And I don't know why we have so many things or gestures dedicated to one action. To me, I think it's a whole lot of a waste of gestures. And for that reason, I have reassigned my three uh, right or right finger swipes to something else rather than using it in changing my granularities when I'm reading or when I'm editing text, whatever the case may be. Let's move on. Try it now. Swipe right with three fingers. So 
I swipe right with three fingers, you are not going to hear anything because I have changed it. If I had not changed it, you will hear it. Okay, let's move on. You can also reverse either of these gestures. Swipe left with three Maybe. fingers Audio. to select the Heavy. previous reading control. Swipe up with one finger to move the navigation focus backwards or adjust the reading control up. You can customize your reading controls and talkback settings. So in other words, you could change them like we talked earlier, like we said earlier, when I was showing you how to do that on a one finger movement. So you can switch them around. And once you are on a granularity, remember to use one finger to swipe up or down, but not the scrubbing mode. If you are scrubbing, then you will be changing the granularity. So in other words, if you are in a line mode or in a word mode, then remember to swipe down to read word by word or one finger down to read line by line or one finger down to read character by character, depending on the mode that you're in. Let's move on. You can also reverse either of these gestures. Swipe left with three fingers to select the previous reading. Exactly what I just talked about. Next button. Let's go next. to next. More new features. Page 404. And we're on more new features on page 4. And the only thing that was missing on my Pixel 2 was that multi-finger gestures. Let's hear what page 4 talks about if it's talking about the same thing that we heard on the last page on the Pixel 2. Global and local context menus used to help you find settings and controls are not... Exactly, so it's talking about the same thing that we now have the local and global context menus now uh, combined into one. Now you can use your voice to control talkback. And then the voice... Talkback now includes a braille keyboard. And a braille keyboard. Finish button. And we finish. have the finish. Talkback settings. New features and... Now we are back to the talkback menu. And the next thing below the new features would be... Audio heading. We have audio heading. New features and audio heading. And under that heading... Text-to-speech settings. We have text-to-speech settings, which everyone is familiar with. You can go in here and choose whatever it is, TTS, you want to use. I'm using Eloquence on this and using the Vocalizer TTS on my Pixel 2 in this demonstration. Verbosity. Verbosity. This is probably very important that we should go in here. Verbosity. Navigate up. Image. Out of list. And I would like to mention here that both using the Pixel 2 XL and the Pixel 4a, there wouldn't necessarily be any difference, but we'll take a look real quick. I am now on that Pixel 4. We're under Verbosity. Let's take a look at what we have under Verbosity. Verbosity. Navigate up. Image. Choose a preset. Custom. And list. I have mine set to custom. You can tap in here and choose what you want. If I tap here. Choose a preset. High enlist. You could have high verbosity. Custom checked. Or custom like what I have. Low. Or low, meaning you're not going to hear a lot. And I'm going to go back. Verbosity. Verbosity details. Heading. And these are the details of the verbosity. Speak usage hints. Usage hints are not spoken when moving accessibility focus. Switch off. 
So I have mine turned off because I don't want to be told when I'm on an icon that to activate double tap. Now, if you're getting started with Android, it's probably good that you should have those on so you know what to do. But if you're a power user or you're more advanced in using Android and you know what to do when you engage an icon or an item that you need to activate, you know for sure that you need to double tap on that to activate it. Or if you're trying to long press to get some actions, you will know that you will need to long press by double tabbing and holding to bring up actions that you may use. So let's move on. Speak list and grid information. List and grid information is spoken. Switch on. I have this on and my reason for having it on is that when I'm in a list or I'm in a list of things and other things like that, I want to know as to how many items are there so that I know when I'm getting close to the end of the list and things like that. But if you don't want to hear that and you just want to blindly go around and, and try and guess as to how many items are in there, you can go ahead and turn it off. It's totally up to you. It's all about customization. Let's move to the next. Speak the number of list items on the screen. Speak only when scrolling with gesture. Switch off. Speak the number of list items on the screen. And here you could turn it on so you know how many items or lists of whatever are there. It's all up to you. Again, it's customization. I have mine turned off. Speak element type. Element type is spoken for focused items. Switch on. Speak element type. In other words, you want to hear those elements like buttons and things like that. You want to turn this on so you know when you engage one, like links and things like that. Most especially if you are navigating on a web page, you want to be able to distinguish when you engage a link and when you engage a radio button or a button on edit field. So it is important that you have this one turned on. I have mine turned on. Speak when screen is off. No speech occurs when the screen is off. Switch off. Speak when screen is off. In other words, if you want to hear things that come to your phone when your screen has been shut off, I have mine left on the off position. But if you want to be able to hear things even when your screen is off, then you need to turn this on. It's all about that customization. Let's move on. Use pitch changes. Don't change voice pitch when speaking. Switch off. In other words, you could hear some pitch changes and all of that. Audio. And I have mine turned off. Let's move to the next. Speak phonetic letters. Phonetic letters are not spoken. Switch off. You could turn this on, most especially for our people who are hard of hearing. You want to hear what it says. A as in alpha or B, bravo, that kind of thing. And sometimes, really, if you're using a TTS that is not pronouncing these things very uh, pronounced or clearly, then you absolutely need to turn this on so you know what a particular letter is, most especially letters like B, D, V, and so on, most especially if you are using something like eloquence. I do have mine off, but I suggest that if you are a little bit hard of hearing, that you turn this on so that you know what you are doing. Let's move on to the next. Keyboard echo, always speak type keys. And here again, we could go in here and say always speak the type keys or not if we tap here. 
Keyboard echo. Always speak type keys. Checked and list. Or. Only for on-screen keyboard. Only for on-screen keyboard. Never speak type keys. Or never speak them at all. I'm going to go back. It's, it's totally up to you. Again, the word here is customization. Let's move to the next one. Capital letters, say capital. Now, if you want, you could say, hey, say capital when I engage a capital letter. Or say not. Or don't say it. Let's go in here and see what our choices are. Capital letters. Do nothing and list. We have do nothing. Say capital. Checked. Say capital. Change pitch. Change pitch. And play sound. Play sound. It's all up to you. Again, it's customization. So in other words, if I'm reading something character by character, when I have something that is capitalized, in my case, it will say capital A, capital D, whatever that case may be. Let's move on. Miscellaneous heading. We now come to the miscellaneous heading. And here are the things that we will find under miscellaneous. Speak element IDs with capital letters say miscellaneous heading. The first thing under miscellaneous is Speak element IDs. Element IDs are spoken for unlabeled buttons. Switch on. Speak element IDs. This is very important because a lot of apps out there do not have labels. And so you may engage something and would simply say unlabeled button. So it is important that you turn this on and TalkBack would attempt to auto-label that for you. And so it is good to turn this one on. Let's go to the next item. Punctuation, punctuation, and symbols are not spoken. Switch off. Punctuation. So you see mine is off. So in other words, if you are navigating an item and you come across punctuations and things like that, you're not going to hear them and it's up to you. You could choose not to have them spoken or you can turn it off to where they're not spoken or you can turn it on to where they're spoken. I have mine off. So in other words, when you're reading, you come across a period, it will say a period or you come across a question mark, it will say a question mark. And it could be a little bit annoying if you are reading something and hearing all them punctuations. And so I have mine turned off. And that would be our last one in our Pixel 4a under Verbosity. Let's now quickly take a look at our Pixel 2 and see if things are similar like I had alluded to earlier. So now let's go to Verbosity on the Pixel 2 XL. Verbosity. Verbosity. Navigate up. Button. Out of list. In my verbosity, here are the items that I find, and we're just going to go through them quickly and see if there's any difference, but I'm not going to go into them like we did on the Pixel 4a if they are saying the same thing. We have... Verbosity details, how to choose a preset, custom. The same thing. Verbosity details, heading. Keyboard echo, always speak type keys, keyboard echo. Speak usage hints. Usage hints are not spoken when moving accessibility focus. Switch. Speak the number of list items on the screen. Speak only when scrolling with gesture. Switch. Speak element type. Element type is spoken for focused items. Switch. On. 
So the elements type are spoken, just like we had it on the other one. Use pitch changes. Don't change voice pitch when speaking. Switch off. Speak when screen is off. No speech occurs when the screen is off. Switch off. Miscellaneous heading. Here's our miscellaneous heading. Elements description order. Name, type, state. This is something that for some reason I didn't see on my Pixel 4a. And I bet you it's somewhere else. But basically what this is, is if you are doing things like uh, buttons, do you want to hear it saying Wi-Fi off button or, or switch? Or do you want to hear Wi-Fi switch on? And so in other words, you want to hear the state first or you want to hear the item first? In other words, do you want to hear switch on Wi-Fi or you want to hear Wi-Fi switched on. That's what this is. Let's take a look at what they are. Elements description order, state, name, type, in list. So we have state, name, type. State, name, type, in list. Type, name, state, name, type, state, checked. So in mine, I have, type, I have Google checked. Google notification. So in mine, I have checked the one that says name, type, state, checked, in list, elements, description, or name, type, state, checked. So in my case, when I engage the Wi-Fi, it will first say Wi-Fi, Internet, and it will say either off or on. So if you choose the other one, which would say something like type, name, state, or state, name, type. That's totally up to you. Let's now go back. Verbosity. The next item here is speak element IDs. Element IDs are spoken for unlabeled buttons on switch. And that's the one I talked about earlier on the Pixel 4a. You want to turn this on so it can auto label those unlabeled buttons whenever they have the capability of being labeled. Punctuation. Punctuation and symbols are not spoken. Off. Switch. Punctuation. And that's the last one having to do with punctuations. This will be it for this segment. Until next time. And now to close our episode, this is my favorite segment. Of course, that is the My Android Journey Story. And we do want to thank Wanda for coming on and talking about this. Wanda, welcome to Blind Android Users Podcast. And we are ready to hear that Android journey story of yours. Girl, just let it rip. Thanks, Warren, for asking me to be on today. And um, I have to tell you, my Android story starts many years ago. And um, I have been um, dealing with or living with um, sight loss, I'm not going to say vision, sight loss for a very long time. And um, initially, when smartphones were first introduced, everyone was, oh, you have to get an iPhone. Eh. So that's not, that wasn't my journey. No pun intended. That wasn't my journey. Um, someone I knew had a Galaxy. And this was, oh, a Galaxy, the first one, I think. And I really liked it. So I, so I purchased one. So moving forward... I just kept moving from the second, the third, the fourth, and I, you know, really fell 
I want to say fell in love. Yeah, yeah, I can say that. Fell in love with the Samsung product. So let me tell you the funny part of my story. So here it is. Um, This is about two years ago. I have a Samsung Galaxy S7. For whatever reason, it was starting to be unresponsive. And I decide that I'm going to open the back and that I'm going to take a, uh, I'm going to remove the battery because I thought it had a battery. But I have now learned that what I saw wasn't a battery, uh, but this is what happened. So I take my phone and I open the back like I tell you. And then what I thought was the battery wasn't moving. So I decided to take a pair of nail scissors to kind of pry it apart from the phone. I did that. It sparked, caught on fire. I throw it across the room. Thank goodness I was in a room where there was a tiled floor. I throw it across the room and I bolt down the stairs, right? So this is what happens. My smoke detectors start to go off. The next thing I know, the firefighters show up at my door because my monitoring system called the firefighters. And the reason why they called them is because they couldn't reach me because my phone was not working. So it created a whole lot of smoke. They come in, you know, they put a big, they're, they're, it created enough smoke that they they had to use an exhaust fan to kind of exhaust the the smoke out of the house. Um, oh, wow. I laughed about it after <laughs> my neighbor, again, my neighbors are talking, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, the, the firefighter comes downstairs and he hands it to me and he says, I, I've, he says, we've never had a call where we've had to, um, uh, for, for a smoking or phone that caught on fire. And I thought, oh, well, you know, there's, there's, you know, it's first time for everything. So anyway, so they leave. And like I was telling you guys earlier, I ended up at the phone store and I, they said, oh, you know, try iPhone. There, you know, there, there, there might've been a problem with your phone. And I wasn't thinking the problem was me par- taking a pair of scissors and, you know, you know, trying to pry out the, the battery. So anyway, I get an iPhone for, for like, for about a week. And for my taste, not as intuitive. I didn't do well with it. And this is to show you how much of an Android lover I am. I went right back and purchased another um, Galaxy, uh, Android product. I got the Galaxy S8. And for me and for my uses, because I go back and forth between TalkBack, voice assistant, and actually using my phone in negative colors because I have a tiny little bit of residual vision, the intuitive nature for me of the Android product is what keeps bringing me back to them. And um, like I had mentioned before, it just, it seems to be not as restrictive. So even though my phone ended up on fire and, you know, I was a little embarrassed because my, you know, my neighbors thought that something major was going on. Um, I, st- I, I still love my Galaxy products and I'm on an S8 now still. And um, I am thinking about going to the S20 or the S21. We'll see what happens. But according to my carrier, they keep sending me emails to tell me that my, my S8 isn't 5G ca- uh, capable or it doesn't have 5G compatibility. So that means I'm going to be forced to, to move on. And that's fine. That's fine. But I definitely will go with another Samsung product um, because I, you know, I really love my, my Galaxy products. So, you know, that's my Android on fire story, Warren. <laughs> I like that passion. And, you know, you sound very 
enthusiastic about it. And I want to ordain you, officially ordain you as the Deaconess uh, of Android, <laughs> the evangelism team. <laughs> because I am, I am the Android evangelist and I baptized Doug as the assistant. Now you had the Deaconess. <laughs> I will take that moniker. I will take that. So. <laughs> but yeah, so, but for me, like I was saying to you, Warren, that for me, um, I was disappointed with the, you know, with the iPhone. And I guess that comes from years and years of my indoctrination with Android, you know, or Samsung products. And there's just certain custom actions or just, the, you know, the capability to do certain things. Like I said, with my low vision, depending on the day I have, some days are better than others. Some days I only use the voice features on my phone and gestures. Other days when my vision's much better, I will, um, you know, read my text messages, actually read them in negative colors and things of that nature. And I like being able to customize the way the text messages appear and, you know, all of those things. So, and the other thing that I really like about my Android is that it allows me to answer and end a call with a physical tactile button and um, iOS doesn't do that. And like I said, I'm not bashing iOS, but it's one of the, or, you know, or Apple products, but it's, it's part of the reason why I am really, you know, tied to my Galaxy products is because you know, like when I had my iPhone for that week, I ended up calling Apple and I say, listen, do you have this feature? Am I missing it somewhere? Do you have the feature where I can answer my answer and end a call, you know, with a physical, the buttons, the volume? And they said, no, we've never had that feature. I said, okay. And that's what sent me back to the store. And I ended up with another, another Galaxy product. And, you know, a lot of blind people that I, that I know that use Samsung devices, they really like their ending their calls with either the volume keys or the power key. And of course, you know, we have that um, on non-Android, non-Android, non-Samsung devices as well. And that was something that was borrowed from Samsung, the ability to end a call using the power button. And Samsung has not just that, but I remember the S3, when I got the S3, it has several other ways of answering calls. And I, it was just revolutionary at the time. And so Samsung is kind of like, you know, leading the pack in some ways when it comes to all this different accessibility, uh, going a mile, extra mile to make things work better for us as blind people. So I really appreciate that and knowing that we have these things available for those who, who would like to use that. I agree. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much for that great Android journey story. Guys, what do you think of her smoking thing. She wasn't trying to smoke like barbecue necessarily, you know. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I've heard of smoking many different types of things, but I've never heard trying to smoke your phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it was. It was an interesting journey, let me say. And when I tell people that I ended up with another Samsung product, they're like, "Are you kidding me?" I'm like, nah, "They thought yeah, you were crazy." They yeah, they did. They did. But I, like I said, I, I love them for me. It's just more intuitive. And that's why I've stuck with the Samsung products. So, yeah, that's my Android journey. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. 
And that concludes this week's episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. But before we go, of course, Austin steps in to tell us how to go. Austin steps in to tell you how to get hold of us in the different formats that we have. So people can get hold of us in many ways. People can visit our newly launched website that is blindandroidusers.com. They can email us with feedback, questions, comments. We will not read them on the podcast, but we will implement all the feedback that we get regarding the website or content or whatever. Email it to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. You can send your recorded Android journey. If you don't want to come live, then you can send it to myandroidjourney at blindandroidusers.com. And you can subscribe to our mailing list by sending in an email to blindandroidusers plus subscribe at groups.io. Follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on Telegram, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are very growing very fast there, 330 subscribers. So thanks for that and join the club. And also read the show notes because all the links that I have mentioned will be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Austin. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> this is a new one. See you all next week. And that has been another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. As always, we appreciate hearing from you. You send those email messages to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. For those My Android Journey stories, we encourage you to send those to myandroidjourney at blindandroidusers.com. Until we see you in our next episode, you have a wonderful day.